0: Welcome to Orchard UMC's podcast. At Orchard, we endeavor to live into our mission of transforming the world by growing in faith, serving others, and sharing Jesus. Our scripture today is Romans eight twenty-eight through 30. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be confronted to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. The word of God for people of God. Amen. let us pray. Good and gracious God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. If I were to start to say this, I wonder if you could finish it. Ask not what your country can do for you. And who said that? How about all we have to fear is? And that was? I will tell you, both have said it, but I think Churchill said it first. (laughs) What? (laughs) All right, how about if I were to say this, could you finish what I'm going to say? Give me a break, give me a break, break me off. And that's a commercial. <laughs> how about, "Where's the beef?" Where's that from? Wendy's. Wendy's. That's, you know, from the '80s. Uh, Use the force, Luke. "Star Wars." How about "To the Moon, Alice?" Uh, how about "How you doing?" Friend. Right? How about, "Hello, Newman? Seinfeld and mama always said life is like a box of chocolates (laughs) all right now these are phrases that we many of us all know right they've become a part of our culture we recite them and we pretty much know where they came from we might have a little question but we pretty much know how about these phrases love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your mind and with all your soul where does that come from the Bible In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Come with me and I will make you fish for people. Jesus, the Bible. Make me an instrument of thy peace, Lord. Prayer of St. Francis. How about, be in the world, not of the world. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. Not the Bible. How about love the sinner, hate the sin? Also, don't know where that came from, not in the Bible. Everything happens for a reason. Same thing, I don't know where that came from, not in the Bible. A lot of good and mostly well-meaning statements that we say, we think, come from the Bible, but actually aren't biblically based. Some things we say are harmless... Others aren't. In a search for meaning, for answers, for comfort, we often offer platitudes. We say them out of a point of faith, not realizing that sometimes they can do greater harm. Years ago, when uh, Pope John Paul died, a friend of mine gave birth to a stillborn baby just two days before In an effort to offer her comfort, her mother said that God must have wanted the perfect cherub to welcome the Pope to heaven. When at Clarkston, our music director died suddenly, someone said to her 13-year-old daughter, God must have needed a new choir director for the Angel Choir. These are the things that we say when we are at a loss for words in an effort to offer comfort. And we think that a lot of times they, you know, they have a biblical sound to them, right? Over the next few weeks, we're going to look at these statements. Everything happens for a reason. God never gives you more than you can handle. And God helps those who help themselves. All are not in the Bible, yet we say them thinking that they are. Throughout uh, this three-week sermon series, we're going to be using Adam Hamilton's book, Half-Truths, God Helps Those Who Help Themselves and Other Things the Bible Doesn't Say, as well as Kate Bowler's book, Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies I've Loved. (laughs) And so those are some resources for the sermon series, and I would recommend them to you as well. Hamilton says, here's why it's important to examine these particular phrases. I think they can sometimes hurt people. I think they can lead people to conclusions about God that not only are untrue, but that may push some people away from God. Some of these phrases are used to avoid careful thinking about complex issues. Some are used to justify our own biases or prejudices. And some, when spoken to others can bring pain. So we start with everything happens for a reason. Now the first time I heard that phrase I was uh, I think in ninth grade and at my church we had this new ministry that was happening called Caring Ministers and they were training people of all ages to be able to go in and Care for people who are going through a hard time and just be a listening ear. Similar to the Stephen ministry training, but not to Stephen ministers, but not with all of the training that they go through. This was just kind of a weekend thing. And um, I remember nothing about the class except that the person training us kept saying, just remember that everything happens for a reason. Now, I didn't understand why she kept saying that and I got stuck on it trying to figure out if I really believed that. You know, I was 14 or 15 years old and here's someone of authority saying something that doesn't really sit well with me. So, of course, I went to my mother and I said, what do you think of this? Do you, what do you think of this? And my mother in her um, way that she has when she comes up against theology that she doesn't like said, I think that that's baloney or maybe something else. Um <laughs> And that that woman was wrong. <laughs> we had a lot of strong feelings. And the reason is because if everything happens for a reason, then the deadly car accident happened for a reason, not because of carelessness or distraction or bad luck, but for a reason. It means that the cancer diagnosis happened for a reason, not because cancer just happens, but for a reason. It means that the couple who struggles with infertility is struggling not because there's a hormonal explanation or other medical reasons or causes, but for a reason. When we say everything happens for a reason, the implication is that God caused it. Why would God cause someone to die in a car accident? Why would God give someone cancer? Why would God prevent this couple from having a child while allowing others to? And in search of meaning, and in search for meaning, and a search and desire to put meaning onto these awful things, a desire to be thoughtful and make out something, make sense out of something that doesn't make any sense, We can end up turning someone away from God during a time when they need God most. There are times, of course, when we're being logical or practical, when we might mean everything happens for a reason. Actions create consequences. There's cause and effect. Our choices have results. But we just need to be careful when and how we say it and recognize that there's not a biblical foundation to the words. Nowhere in the Bible can you find it. Usually, though, when we are saying everything happens for a reason, it's a response to suffering. We might not exactly say it like that. We might say it was God's will, or it was meant to be, or no one knows God's timing, or it's all a part of God's plan, as if God willing something to happen somehow makes it easier or better. Now, this is, of course, problematic for a number of reasons. It suggests that there's a predestination, that God has a set plan, and everything goes according to that plan. Therefore, God is in charge of everything, which means that everything that happens is God's will, and God is puppeting it around, right? So that, that goes the same for the good and the bad. So if I found a parking spot, it must be God's will. If my team won the Super Bowl, it must be God's will. If it didn't rain when I went to Cedar Point, something I remember praying diligently for as a kid, it must be God's will. Which also then could mean that God is on my side, God hears just my prayers and not yours. In such a world, there's no room for free will God is responsible for all of our actions, so really there is no need for Jesus. And a lot of faulty logic that ends us up with a prosperity gospel in which those who have good things happen to them are in God's favor, and those who have bad things aren't. Or it can end us up with apathy What does it matter what I do? It's all God's will anyway, so why bother wearing your seatbelt or eating healthy or being kind to others? God will do what God will do. I like today's scripture instead. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God. That says to me that God does not cause bad things. God brings good. God does not cause suffering. God gives grace in the face of suffering. We know through this through Christ Jesus who tri- triumphed over death on the cross. We know that God's will is for life and for wholeness, so God works in the midst of the pain to give us hope that we might experience wholeness. We who love God can see it if we look for it. What I think that God does do is God paves a way. God puts people in our lives. God opens doors. God works in situations to offer grace. God helps people to respond and works miracles through doctors and nurses. And sometimes what we want, sometimes what we pray for, what we cling to and hope for isn't what the end result is. But in all things, God is working for good, giving us the tools to get through even if it's through the gift of ultimate healing. Tragedy happens, but in it, God works. I always think about the tragedy of 9-11, almost 20 years ago. Horrific, scary, but I was amazed by how people came together. People helped each other. I remember um, watching TV and uh, seeing, and they were doing coverage of the firefighters and all the people who had come from all over and recognizing someone I knew in a firefighter uniform. Uh, it was, it's actually Reverend Ray McGee, who's the senior pastor at Gross Point First United Methodist Church. Back then he was in Flint. And he was walking in, and they were interviewing him, and he said, well, they asked for help, and so I came. And people came from all over just to help. And back at home, we were finding ways to be kind to each other, and we were all putting out our flags and lighting candles and doing things that brought us together. In this awful tragedy, God worked. God brought people together and gave us hope that the best came out of us. Now, was the reason for 9-11 so that we could come together as a country? No it happened because of evil and terrorism and extremists. But God worked in what happened for good. And we responded. And that's what God does. God works. God uses us. God brings us together. We just have to be open to it. Because God will provide in the midst of all the pain and grief And worry. In our search for answers, we want platitudes. We want words of comfort. How about these? I'm sorry. I love you. I'll be here for you. You are not alone. After all, that's the promise of the gift of Jesus. God is with us. We are not alone. That's the promise, through the good and through the bad. God will give us grace and hope and love because we are God's beloved. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you have been enriched by the word proclaimed. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at ministry at orchardumc.org. You can find out more about Orchard by going to our website at www.orchardumc.org.